right. Welcome, everybody, back to the District Church Podcast. We have a fun and special guest this week, Robert De Niro Beard. <laughs> Is that your middle name? Not a chance. It's a good guess. Uh, not even close. <laughs> my, my middle name is actually Wayne. Robert Bruce Wayne. Batman. Beard. Funny thing is, my son is absolutely, utterly obsessed with Batman right now. Did, is, does he share your middle name? He does not. Oh, His middle okay. name is Patrick. Patrick, okay. All right. Well, that is not surprising wow. in the slightest. <laughs> a link in the chain there. Nope. Um, in previous episodes, the first time that we've had you on, Robert, but this is not the first time that we've said your name on here. I've noticed. Um, <laughs> Robert is probably uh, our most significant contributor that has not been on the show <laughs> at this point. Always has got some some facts and thoughts as well as just anecdotes that we drop in. Uh, so it's it's a blessing to have you on here, Robert. Well, thank how, you. How are you doing? I'm doing real well. Always uh, enjoy listening to the podcast. I've actually never done this before, so kind of never done. Like I've, I've never, yeah, I've never yeah. been on a podcast. Yeah, so it's, this is a good place to start. For <laughs> I, I feel, I feel <laughs> like it is. This is uh, a low, <laughs> low risk, low, low bar setting, <laughs> low risk, low reward. <laughs> no, but in, in all sincerity, it's it's kind of a uh, it's it's an enjoyable way to revisit uh, conversations and uh, go further into depth of some of the stuff that uh, get shared either during sermons or, you know, just some of the conversations we've, we've had just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in passing. So I've, I've always kind of enjoyed the uh, podcast anyways. So I'm yep. a little bit of appreciate a podcast it. junkie. So appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was our goal in starting the podcast and continuing to, to do it. It's not just for our, to hear our own voices more, because <laughs> I think we probably do that enough between the two of us. Um, but the goal just to have conversations that, uh, that form us, right? Like to actually address things that are significant, bring people on and, and even to some degree show an example of what, what a conversation in discipleship looks like. So that's a, that's a blessing that, that maybe it's been a blessing for you. It has. Yep, absolutely. Last week, Robert, you took Matt, myself, and and I don't know, was it your first time at the Artichoke? It sure was. It was the first. It was our first time. You gave us a genuine, you gave us a genuine um, experience at the Artichoke, which was just a lot of fun. Um, Best met, sandwiches in town. Yeah, we met you for lunch, and um, you told us exactly what to order. Uh, I had the famous number eight. Yeah, which which I figured I better start with the. Most famous sandwich. It, it is they their had. Sig- it is their signature sandwich. But what was what was truly fun was, and I'll just explain this for people that don't know. Um, we get in there and Robert orders a Smithix for us, yes, which is a is a red ale, yep, a red Irish ale, yes, and then a Guinness as well because yes. he was like, we're gonna have the we're gonna have the full artichoke experience. We're gonna have a full Irish yes. experience. Well, so, you know, he, he stopped when the waitress walked up. Yeah. And said, are we doing this right? Yeah. He <laughs> we said, we're not doing it wrong. Well, you know, at the, at the end of the day, when it when it comes to to having a having a, have a 
beer or something, you know, I, I always want to be respectful of where people are at, you know, because yeah. you, you never know where somebody's coming from. Right. And so, you know, I always like to give people that out, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing a hard 75 or, yeah. you know, you know, I'm, I'm putting that to the side for now. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it was, it was for pastor appreciation because I genuinely appreciate you guys and I wanted to do something little unique and you know i yeah. could have gotten you an amazon card maybe that would have been more what you wanted but you know um <laughs> nah. I, I wanted to do something that uh, i could do with you guys if, yeah. if that was and so i'm i'm thrilled that you guys enjoyed that we did yeah it was, yeah, a, it was a good it was a good time we we enjoyed that uh, a lot that was that was a neat way to to do that i didn't i have made several mistakes uh if you're not picking up on it um robert <laughs> is uh uh I was going to say pro Ireland, but that sounds, that's like insultingly, uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely pro Ireland. (laughs) Uh, Robert named his son, Thomas, Thomas Patrick. For some reason, I would assume, um, loves Ireland. And I I have multiple times brought up, I know a little bit about Ireland, something (laughs) here and there, and it's just offensive every single time. So it's, it's not offensive. It's, it's, you know, when, when you're, when you're talking about other cultures, you, you have the culture and then you have Americans perception of the culture. And for some reason, Ireland gets lampooned with leprechauns and unicorns yeah. and all yeah. that and, you know, things like that. And they they uh, get get uh, cocktails named after them that are rooted in, you yep. know, the troubles and, you know, stuff like that. So, it, it you know, it just a little bit of historical context usually clears all that up. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. And it also is just a mirror when you got egg on your face. And I had had egg on my face a couple of times. Oh, it's good to know. Now I won't do it again. I, I, think I, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't get egg on their face once in a while. I mean, I, I am the king of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that's cool, though, about your your <laughs> love of Ireland, I mean, some people will, you know, look into a bit of their family history mm-hmm. or they'll, you know, start discovering some things about their past and where they come from. But but and and, and then it may it may, you know, they might find they originate, you know, from a country mm-hmm. Uh, and they they begin a, a sort of fanship for that, or um, have a liking. Yours yours though is like you've been there. How many mm-hmm. times have you been there? I, I've been there twice. Been there twice. You have gone to some of the and, our, and you showed it in church a couple years ago. Some of the ruins of mm-hmm. some of the castles, and yep. I mean you've gone looking for the family history, the nobility pieces. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's that's what's really neat. It's not just like facts that you know about Ireland that you drop on holidays, <laughs> yeah, like right? Snapalids. <laughs> um, but you 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 know you know the history because mm-hmm. there's there's a connection for you that's 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 family and and it is. part of your history. So I think that's fascinating. Well, and the the funny thing about it, it wasn't always that way. Like I was I was probably about thirteen before I even heard anything about our ancestry hmm. um i we i we can talk about that if you guys want to but you know well yeah when when did you start to realize some of that uh it <laughs> well you know uh you, you remember the front end of national treasure yeah you know he sneaks up to the attic and hmm. you know grabs the book and the floor creaks and 
Grandpa. Yeah. You're not supposed to be up here looking at that. It, it was nothing like that at, at all. Uh, That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there, there was there was never this this big, you know, moment where, you know, our all right, grandson, you are 13. It's time you learned. You're we are Irish. Now. You know, there was there was nothing like that. It, it was it was completely unremarkable. And it just it just, you know, it was it was very much like weaving a basket or a tapestry of, uh, you know, you know, where did where did the family come from? And so the short version of it is eighth grade, seventh grade, somewhere in there, this is how unremarkable it was. I was at some kind of a family function. I don't remember what it was, but uh, a few episodes back, you guys were, I think it was you, Matt, talking about being a bibliophile, and that made you uncomfortable. The way, yeah. Yeah. I've got two uh, more file words for you. Okay. So Aaron, Aaron Pugh is a cinephile. 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 Yeah. 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 He, he and I, there, there's a reason Aaron and I geek out like we do because we, <laughs> we've got a lot of the same, same appreciations. But I've got two more file words for you, gentlemen. Um, being a pluviophile is what led me to being a hibernophile. A pluviophile of is course. somebody that loves rain. And wow. so at this family function of some sort, it was cool, wet, and cloudy. And to, to put this in context, I can't tell you if it was a family reunion, if it was a funeral, a wedding, somebody's big birthday, whatever. You were just playing in the rain. I was jumping in I was commenting on the weather as a you know, 12, 13-year-old kid. Right. And I just made the comment, man, I love this weather. Well, my, my relation, my relative, cousin, you know, eight times removed or whatever. It was, oh, that's your Irish coming out. And I said, oh, we're Irish? Mm. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, we all have an origin story, don't <laughs> what, we? What's that mean, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm old enough that, you know, it, it started a curiosity. And, you know, the curiosity for me started with the encyclopedia, you know, the 40-volume yeah. um, books. And so... Ireland, a British Isle in the North Atlantic, you know, that, that yeah. sort of thing. But, you know, it started an interest and, you know, uh, internet came along, started to listen to Irish music a little bit. And uh, I, I don't know if my family just got tired of me saying, oh, we're Irish, we're Irish or whatever. But uh, a couple of years ago, they, they got me a DNA kit for a birthday, I think. Huh. It, it was either a birthday or Christmas. Spat in a tube and the results come back and 57% Irish. I was like, okay, that's cool. Well, I had started building my family tree mm-hmm. and with, with a couple of connections, um, discovered that we are descendants of the O'Kelly clan and they ruled a kingdom the size mm-hmm. of Sedgwick County in the, you know, you know, 12 century wow. Ireland, uh, the medieval period. And, you know, through that, you know, we've got contacts and you know connections to you know multiple royal families because they always they would always marry off their daughters to the other the other king or the other you know just just to kind of solidify power and try to you know have some semblance of peace but you know it it that was how i kind of really started that journey and learning learning about that wait what was the second word pluviophile pluviophile rain loving rain Hibernophile is somebody that loves Ireland. Yeah. Uh, Hibernia is the Latin name for Ireland. Hmm. And so uh, it's it's a textbook, somebody that loves Ireland, the culture, the landscape, the food, the drink, the people, the culture, all that. Yeah. So I am a textbook Hibernophile because I, you know, was a pluviophile as a, you know, dorky teenage kid. Yeah. 
Can I cowboy those words and make it more simple for me? Rainophile. Irelandophile. It works. <laughs> yeah, that's the base. Yeah, that's the base definition. Yeah. So that that's where that started. Well, and I, what, what's what's cool too is when we when we moved into Delano, one of the biggest <laughs> things they do here is the St. Patty's Day Parade. Yeah. And and COVID screwed that up. I for know. Four years. I know. Yeah. <laughs> now it was back this year, which was awesome. Yes. Um. And so that was that was really cool to see local businesses take that. that day, yeah. But I was, was so happy about that. It was a rough. And and I remember seeing you. <laughs> was it? Raining? I could see you on the other side of the street because I think you had like an Irish the Irish flag. Yeah. I was I was walking around with a with a kilt three, three by five flag and freezing temps and a kilt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds like that. There's nothing that better describes you. <laughs> Did you have the? Uh, uh, oh my gosh! Why do I always forget the name of the instrument? Illin pipes. Yeah, the Illin pipes. Uh, the the like Irish bagpipes, or are you thinking of something else? Or are you talking about an accordion? I was talking about an accordion, but I meant the Illin pipes. <laughs> well, it, luckily nobody could see my <laughs> hand gestures. Well, for for those of you that are listening, uh, Matt was going out and in with his hands, and mm, like I an couldn't accordion. tell if he was trying to <laughs> mimic the movements of a Illin piper. My accordion, which is aptly named Not John. Because you bought it and it was in a case. That said and it John. had John on the case. And I said, well, <clears throat> this is not John. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I named pretty much all of my instruments because that's how I am. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, an, among other things, you also are, uh, you, you, you've, you're big into like martial arts and mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. What, what's the, what do you do? Do you, it's karate or yeah, yeah. Okay. it's, it's an old traditional Okinawan system of karate. It's okay. Okinawan Shorinru. Okay. And it's, it's incredibly boring to watch until you understand the ins and outs and the, the details, um, the, the ins and outs of it. I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, just, just, uh, uh slight tweak one one or two degree one way or the other that makes the technique work or not work Hmm. that's interesting just this is one of my first significant interactions with you i remember a couple years ago yeah when i was up uh, on an hour part of brady and nicole's hub of which you're a part of still yes um when you were talking to me about your martial arts and me with my personality, I said <laughs> you were talking about pressure points and or something like that, and I was like, "You know a move that will make me go to the bathroom in yes. my pants." And you were like, "Yes, are you ready for it?" And then I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, away. there 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 are uh, multiple uh, pressure points that can uh, uh, cause somebody to either evacuate their bladder or bowels. Yeah. Wow. See, and you said it like that, and you looked me right in the eye. And I remember being at the top of a little staircase, and, and I was like, how do I get away from this situation right now? Well, you know, if, if you know anything about a, a good a good sensei, they're, they're not telling their students, go out and beat the tar out of somebody, you know, it's, it's meant for defense or, or that too, you know, um, you know, that that's the result of, you know, a, uh, you know, you've, you've made yourself a threat, so it's time to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, just something I've observed with you, uh, Robert is that you are unable to not jump in like full in to something when you get excited about it. So you got, <laughs> I've been accused of that. <laughs> you got like just a couple, I mean, you're, you're more depth as a person than this, obviously, but 
you've got martial arts. Yes. You've got Ireland. Mm-hmm. You've got music. Yep. Which you apparently, from what I've heard, can just grab uh, an instrument and then within a couple days or weeks, you're like, I can kind of handle this. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, blows, that blows me away. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, the uh, compliment there. Uh, it's it's definitely more than that. Uh, Ill and pipes are still, are, are still kicking my tail. Um, those those are the most frustrating instrument I've ever picked up. So like sticks in a bag, though. Like that, the fact that you make anything come out of there <laughs> is outrageous. <laughs> Well, it's it's just one of those things that that I feel that uh, God gave me God gave me an ability, you know. And you know, the the truth is, when I was younger, um, I I absolutely misused those gifts. You know, I I, uh, I used those as a uh, those gifts as a way to get girls' phone numbers. And so, you know, uh, if if the you know shredding Ted Nugent rock and roll guitar didn't work, you know, just sit down at the piano. That'll get the phone number, you know. Right. So that yeah, that was that. that was the mindset mentality of Robert Beard in high school. And you know, I I regret that you know I used something that God God gave me to glorify Him with in in such a perverse way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's just it's just part of my story. It's who I was. It's no longer mm-hmm. who I am. And you know, it's it's something that I always try to keep in keep yeah. in mind. You know, how am I using? You know, how am I being a steward of what God's blessed me with? Because I don't own anything. You know, mm-hmm. everything is borrowed from what God's blessed me with. Yeah. You know, yeah. and how how am I being responsible with that? No. Yeah. Well, and you've always had a, a ministry mind. So we were talking about before we got on here that you and I crossed paths uh, at, at Ozark Christian College yeah. for a little while. You were you were going there, and, mm-hmm. and at one point, kind of like leaning toward the ministry. Yeah, you know, potentially being something you jump into career wise. Mm-hmm. But even even though it, you didn't get into vocational ministry, Correct. you've always been. Even when you were like, I remember at Countryside, you were helping out with the youth. Mm-hmm. Always, you you know, in, in in church ministry with music. Yeah. Both you and Rebecca, yep, you know, yep. using music obviously with the district, but that that that's just always kind of been a, a a heart of yours is to serve in ministry, to be a part of what's going on, and I've always appreciated that just a ton. Well, thank you. And the way that you approach, you know, church for you guys isn't just attending somewhere; it's it's serving and participating and being a part of the the greater body. Well, I, I think that's I think that's the mission we're called to. I mean, if you if you look at you know Jesus' last words to his disciples, you know he says, "Go, you know, mm-hmm. go do." Be it's an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of liken it to you know playing with a balloon that's not helium. You know, keep it off the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an active component in the the believer. You know that that needs to be there. Um, you know, and I, I want to be careful how I say this, but you know, when, when I run across Christians that that are pew warmers, that are you know, sit back and observe, I I always kind of question, you know, what what's God doing in your heart, you know, because that's that's not normal. I, I do think there are times that God calls us to, to, hey, you need to step away from this for a while. I've got mm-hmm. work to do in you, and then I'm going to put you back in. But I, I get kind of concerned when I see career pew warmers. Yes, there's there's definitely people who who have seasons of yeah. of uh, rest, you know, absolutely, or, or, or need to take you know a pause or break. Um, but but yeah, I think in general uh, the Christian life is like a, a, a it's a participation yeah. sport. You know, we're we're we don't want to be on the sidelines, mm-hmm. but in the game in in some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. and sometimes people there are people who uh, who they're they're 
they're serving uh, maybe outside of the church in some in some way. Yeah. You know, people who mentor mm-hmm. uh, outside of church or are working with different mm-hmm. organizations or absolutely they're reaching their neighbor. You know, there's there's different things like that as well. Well, that, and that's the thing is. If, if your experience with the body of Christ is what happens in an hour and a half on Sunday morning, right. you know, there's, there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. And so, yeah. so that, that's, that's the reason I kind of preface that with, I want to be careful how I say that because, yeah. you know, we're called to be active parts of the world that we're mm-hmm. in. We're, we're called to be in the world, not of the world, but we're called to be in the world. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think you, you can have people that, that run a lawn company as their ministry, you know, yeah. it, it, you can do, you can do anything for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, absolutely. I think, that, I think that's, I think that's true. And, and it's like the, the work, the work in the kingdom of God is not like we have to work for God. We're actually working with God. When we wake up in the morning, God's actively, he's on the move. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. at work. You know, and well, so there, we're there's not... such a peace in that. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, I don't, I don't have to figure this out. He's, right, he's already got it figured yeah. out. I just have to do, join him, do what I was called to do. Yeah, while he's, you know, yeah. walking, walking with me. Yeah, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head as well with like God is. Paul specifically talks about the church as a body. Yeah, and like we're if you're and there's no like. What you're saying, like not trying to be like a, a position of judgment or anything like that, because people are in different seasons. People Absolutely. are all kind of fighting their own battles. And we want to be there with them. But if you have a finger that's not working, mm-hmm. you don't just go, oh, no, that's my finger that doesn't work. Like you, you have something that's going on there. Correct. Like we, and, and that's the, the, the job of the rest of the body is to try and figure out like, Hey, how do we, how do we get this finger to work like a finger? Yeah. What, so what, what kind of, it. what kind of physical therapy can we provide yeah. to help, yeah. you know, get, get this, get this yeah. going? Yeah. Which you is know. not like you look at the finger and you go, ah, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You dumb finger. No, of course not. Absolutely. So you were in, you were doing real estate for a little while. You were the, mm-hmm. you were the uh, ninja. That was your like. <laughs> yeah, you the, even the, took the your, real estate ninja. Yeah, the real estate ninja. But but now you're doing a different work. You you're wearing the t-shirt. People can't see it, but you're wearing the t-shirt. The bridge. Yeah. So tell us what tell us what that is. Tell us what for people that don't know or mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Because because I I think it's neat. I think it's really cool the way that you're melding so many of your skills to help yeah. people really create the bridge with one another. Well, and, and so, uh, you know, I obviously didn't come on to talk, talk about my business cause I'm, I'm not yeah. wanting to use this as a platform to, you know, self promote, but, um, kind kind of to your point a few moments ago, you know, I've always had the desire to serve and, you know, I, I got tired of seeing my friends, you know, that, that aren't in an entrepreneurial field, uh, or, you know, just day to day life being in a situation where when they need somebody, <clears throat> they go to search engines or social media trying to find somebody that fill in the blank. And so I said, you know, I've, I've been in real estate at that point for, you know, 11 years and mm. I've become a really good professional networker. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've got uh, resources for, you know, really kind of vetting professionals before, before I make recommendations. And I said, how do I take the customer service mindset that I've always applied to real estate and open that up to a, 
larger audience where I can provide a, a way for people to get connected. So mm-hmm. I created a, a membership based website where people can, you know, go on and say, Hey, I need somebody that does flowers. And so I connect them to a florist that I've mm-hmm. got a relationship with, or, Hey, I need a new car, you know, and I'm able to get them, you know, so it, it goes far beyond things like Angie's list, but it, it, it provides some assurances that you're getting a quality vetted professional yeah. that I've got a personal relationship with. It's also hyper localized to the Wichita mm-hmm. area. So, you know, if you look at Wichita and go out about 20 miles, you know, these are the professionals that I'm looking for. Yeah. And so the, the idea is to simply provide an opportunity for people to get connected to who they're looking for without the guesswork, you know, did the recommendation I got on yeah. social media, yeah. you know, is that their right. cousin that just started up or do they actually have somebody that's good at what they do that's going to provide top-level customer service? Yeah, awesome. Sure. Awesome. Um, I, but this is where I, and uh, I'm going to bring it back to the martial arts because this <laughs> is what I've, I've been curious to actually ask you that this week. Hit me. Hit, hit you with this. So I don't, it's probably not a perfect way to bring this up. But, but So it's it's the sermon that was yesterday, was which because these will come out on Monday. So it's the sermon that was yesterday. Yeah. In, in preparation for it. So we're, we're doing this series on change mm-hmm. and the whole idea of like, you are, uh, first first one was like, you're, you're, you're coachable when change is happening. You're never more like attentive or coachable yeah. or teachable than when you're undergoing or experiencing change. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the second was this idea that uh, I, I actually heard. So you and I know Alex Gilpin. Yeah, I um, love the guy. He, he shared with me a couple years ago, like, you know, when you, when you experience change, you never run to good habits. <laughs> you always run to bad habits. Yep. You turn to those functional saviors. Right. You just are like, man, I, I need to, um, I'm going to cope with this. You never like, man, change and chaos is going on. I'm going I'm, to go keto I'm, and go yeah, work out yeah. every day. I'm going to eat a salad because yeah. I'm experiencing so much change. It's always these <laughs> I'm, negative. I'm stressed out. <laughs> <some celery. laughs> it's, it's always, oh man, life so, is hard right now. I'm going to beer and pizza. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, it, it brought up like, okay, we were looking through, we were looking at the life of Joseph and you could be like, man, uh, he was going, undergoing tons and tons of change. Um, Hard change. Yes. Difficult, difficult change. And what happens in change is it kind of feels like your whole world, if you're walking on a straight line, mm-hmm. as soon as change happens, whether it's good change or bad change, it's, if it's bad change, it's like an uphill battle. If yeah. it's good change, it's like you're, mm-hmm. all things are downhill, right? And so you get thrown off balance. Yeah. And um, I was, I was, I, I read an, a, a quote from a guy who does Krav Maga. I don't know, mm-hmm. if, am I saying that right? Krav yeah. Maga. Krav Maga. And he said this, which I didn't know when I think about getting in a fight, mm-hmm. I think like, you know, boxing and all this is just like throw the haymaker. Yep. You know, just, I love guys that love haymakers. Right. <laughs> well, I just think, you know, you're trying to hit them with the hardest punch ever yep. and whoever can hit the hardest is going to win. You know, I just think like Mike Tyson, all this. Yeah. But he, but this guy with, with Krav Maga, he said the first tenant of that particular form of martial mm-hmm. arts is not who hits the hardest, it is you are trying to throw your opponent off balance Mm -hmm. while you are staying in in balance. Yeah. And so it all had to do with balance, which I thought was fascinating when you Mm -hmm. think about 
change tends to throw us off balance. Mm-hmm. And that's when Satan comes in and 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 he's just, you know, just trying to shove you just a little bit off. Oh yeah. And it can topple you over. You Absolutely. know, if you, if you stand on two feet, it's hard for someone to shove you over. Mm-hmm. But you just go to stand on one foot, just a little bit of off balance. Yeah. It doesn't take much. A little bit of a shove makes you know, a big difference. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. And so I didn't know. It, 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 what, what do you think of that? Is that is that something that's true across like martial art disciplines, or or is that just a Krav Maga thing? It, 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 it absolutely is. Now now each each martial art has its own uh, intricacies, their own their own focuses, their own niche. Yeah. But here's here's the thing: if if you lose your balance, your opponent can take you that fast. Yeah. And so. One of the things we work with, especially with with new new karatekas, that's a practitioner of karate, mm. is their balance. And you know, you get to a place. You know, I've I've been doing I've been doing karate for thirteen, fourteen years now. Mm. And if if I've learned anything in that, it's that the moment your opponent takes your balance, if you don't recover that yeah you're you're in trouble um some of my absolute favorite techniques definitely take the balance from from the other person Mm -hmm. because it takes their power yeah and so so to to your point about what you were saying uh, you know when you get knocked off balance as a result of change um the devil really loves to come in just kind of throw that wild haymaker yeah it's like hey How's that change going? Boom, you yeah. know. Um, and yeah. and if if you're not rooted, right? If you're not grounded, yeah. If you don't have that balance, you're going to have a hard time. Now, here's here's something to tie in with with that. So there's a technique um, that we use in my system, and it's not exclusive to to my style, but it's called change body, and. You know, if if you want to, you know, I, going back to what I said a few moments ago, just a, a few degree difference makes all the difference. Many times that comes with change bodies. So the difference between being square and turning and just turning like just a hair yeah. makes a huge difference in the amount of power that you can deliver. Hmm. And so in that change body, you have to maintain your balance. So if you're fighting an uphill battle or, you know, it's a good change and you're going downhill, you still have to change body to keep that balance. And it's absolutely possible in change to keep that balance. Um, that this is, this is why I love martial arts because there are so many practical real life examples Yeah, and to, to go deeper into, you know, biblical concept. That's, exactly what Jesus talks about when he talks about the wise man and the foolish man. Mm-hmm. The foolish person builds their life on anything but Jesus. They, they build it on sand. And when the rains, the winds come, it crashes. It, it falls with a great crash. Mm-hmm. But if you are rooted, grounded, and built on Jesus, it doesn't matter what changes. It doesn't matter what mess comes out, out, of, out of seemingly out of left field. You'll be rooted in Christ, and you you won't hmm. be shaken. You'll stand. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's those. I was just thinking the passages in uh, James talks about, and then Paul, and I think in Ephesians talks about like 
I mean, we've talked about the be rooted stuff, even yeah. as we're talking about Delano and the new building, but um, the kind of like the negative side of it: do not be tossed by the winds, like yeah. like yeah. empty philosophies, crafty words, or like do not let the the um, do not be tossed back and forth like the tide. Mm-hmm. Instead, mm-hmm. it's be grounded in what is true. Yeah. Like, and that's a even as you're saying, like. Travis and I, I, I guess I'll jump on board with him, are more inclined to be like, yeah, the Mike Tyson, where you got to like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, pop him in the face and then you do like the upper hand. Like the, but if you watch how Mike Tyson moves, he always keeps his balance. Always very balanced, yeah. He's, he's incredibly balanced. That's the reason he's able to deliver that powerful shot. Right, but even the, what you're saying right there, like when you have, and this is again, this is the spiritual implication is when we have a shallow understanding of what is going on, mm-hmm. then, yeah. Then and we see people that are like following Jesus and have joy and peace and the fruit of the spirit and all that stuff. We're like, yeah. oh, that's the natural byproduct of someone who just is like kind of close to to what's going on, rather than people who are like actually spending time abiding in Christ and mm-hmm. the fruit is flowing out. And I, I think I think right there is the reason that it's so important for new believers especially to to understand that Jesus himself said, In this world you will have trouble, but I leave you my peace. Mm-hmm. That takes a practice in the relationship with God to get to that point yeah. that that doesn't just magically happen you know i and and i think kind of going back to the wise man and the foolish man i think i think there's a little bit of a uh, misunderstanding sometimes because we read that that parable we we read that illustration and we go well you know i don't want to build my life on sex drugs and rock and roll because mm-hmm. that's well here's the thing Anything besides Jesus is sand, mm-hmm. and if and th- this is something that I've come to realize is if I find my identity, my my purpose in anything but Jesus, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a problem when when life gets hard, because I can pride myself in being a good husband, mm-hmm. but what happens if the only thing that I'm proud of in life is well I'm a good godly husband, well what happens if that marriage is no mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Or how yeah. good of a husband are you if you don't have the other things that are mm-hmm. making you a exactly person? And yeah. and so I mean, it, we the the reason I bring that up is I f- I feel like so many times we we well we don't want to build our lives on bad stuff. Duh. I mean right. that that whether or not you're following Jesus, that's a bad idea to you know build your life on meth. You know, and right. I'm not trying to be insensitive to that, but sure. but you get you get my point. If if I only build my identity on being a dad, mm-hmm. what happens if my son is having a bad day and I don't respond the way I should? Mm-hmm. Ooh, my identity just took a hit. Yeah. yeah, you know. But if if I am grounded, if I am built, if my life is built on Jesus Christ, I can give myself the grace when I'm not the best husband, when I'm not the best dad, when I'm not the best, you know, yeah. professional that goes, it's okay that I screwed this up because I didn't want to, but my life is rooted in Christ. It's not, this is not exclusively who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a child of God and a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's this, there's this book by Jerry Bridges. It's called Respectable Sins. This is an offshoot of like, there are sin, there's, there's sins within the church 
specifically within the American church that we kind of <laughs> like poo poo and we go, oh, it's not as big of a deal. At least it's not this. Yeah. And and <laughs> well, I never murdered someone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, Let's drill down a little bit. Yeah. Any of them, like. <laughs> Right. You're turning your child into a trophy and you're worried about everything that your kid is doing and you're you're masking it by saying like, oh, I'm a good parent that's interested. It's like, no, that's not what you're called to do. That's also idolatry, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But th- there's an, another thing that it's always kind of baffled me with Joseph as you're talking about like the sermon a couple weeks ago is that Joseph, for all intents and purposes, is is enduring and maturing in change and he's kind of doing it by himself outside of God. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes as like individualistic Americans in the 21st century, like we look at that and we go, all right, that's how I, like I can do that as well by myself and push through. And we use this phrase that's plastered at the Y, I guess. I don't, I've never actually seen this. Maybe it's on the track or something and I'm not running. Um, but like you can go <laughs> fat, you can go faster by yourself, but you go further with, with mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, there is a, a really significant thing for us to to realize is that, and a great example is that Travis and I just want to throw haymakers if we get put in a fight, and yep. we're going to get. I'm specifically, well, I got a, a crumb base because of my my knees and ankles, and throw stuff. a kick first. They never expect it, <laughs> and then throw the haymaker. Um, but like, we need people that are are pointing like that's where you're off balance. Yeah, and there's also a talking about uh, how how Satan wants us to to be uncomfortable and off balance. Another tactic I think of, of Satan is is the same thing that you see like predators do in the wild. Oh, if, yeah. a, if a lion wants to attack a bunch of gazelle, the best way of doing it is is pulling one away from the from the flock, from yep. the from the group. Well like we talked we and we talked about the we'll talk, <laughs> talked about this in the sermon, but um I I, I don't think the point is I think, or maybe, maybe the maybe the major point is it is where do I believe God is when life is off balance? Mm-hmm. Not just how do I get back on balance, but when things are going well or things are going poorly, when there's a change that's good or bad, it's do I believe God is with me, or do I believe that He's against me? Hmm. Because if I believe He's with me even in the midst of change, I mean, so when we use Joseph as an example, so Joseph. Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers yep. after the first plan was to kill him. Yeah, uh, his brothers lie about his. Hey, Dad, we yep. found his coat. He was mauled by yep. by a, uh, some kind of a wild animal. beast. And then he gets sold into slavery. And then a few verses later, he's seduced by Potiphar's wife, and yep. he doesn't he doesn't succumb to temptation. Yeah. But Which then in gets itself accused. is a pretty good feat. Yeah, incredible, incredible. I mean, that, that, that speaks to his integrity. <clears throat> yeah, and then he um, gets accused of, of raping Potiphar's wife. Yep. Didn't, do, didn't do that, but gets accused, thrown in prison. And then, do you, I, I forgot this in, this in the story of Joseph. Genesis 37 through 50 is the whole story of Joseph. Yeah. But he's in jail, meets one of Pharaoh's like top officials mm-hmm. there and says, hey, remember me when you leave jail and tell him like, about me and... Um, the and official gets completely forgotten. The official mm-hmm. leaves jail and then forgets yeah. Joseph. Yeah. After he interprets his dream. After, yeah, exactly. Like after know, Joseph does all this, I mean, you know, and then um, such a bummer. And and yeah. so you're just like, man, like one thing after another. But but during that whole during that whole section, it says the Lord is with Joseph. Yeah. Nobody yeah. looking at his circumstance would say the Lord's with that guy. Yeah. You would assume the Lord is distant from him, yeah. but it says the Lord is with him. And so Joseph, and Joseph is saying that 
where I believe God is at in the mm-hmm. midst of life's imb- imbalances says everything about how I go through those. So if I'm in the middle of change and believe that God is against me or he's forgotten me or he's distant, I will grab hold of whatever else there is around me and not God. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the so we're prone to when we're off balance, which is going to happen, we're prone to get shoved easily off and that's when temptation can come in and really cause when I look back at my own life, mm-hmm. areas where I've where I was strongest, like strongest um, uh, under temptation, or that I fell yeah. to temptation, was typically around a season of change. Absolutely, and and in that change, it, it, it like I had a belief, falsely or wrongly, mm-hmm. that God was distant. God, I thought that it, if if I did this, then I. Like if I thought of, I, if I did these good things, this change, why is this change happening in the midst of this? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you'd think like Joseph does all this to the glory of God. And then the next thing happens and you're like, God mm-hmm. let him down again. But the truth is God was with him the whole time. And, and it's, it leads him to say that famous line to his brothers. Like you intended to harm me. But God meant it for good. And that was 30 years post all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. When he could have, like, that moment of revenge. Oh, he 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 could have been their absolute worst nightmare. I mean, it, w- w- that when you read that, that is, I, I mean, those those brothers were outright terrified of Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when he made himself known to them, yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh. Yes. And... It's like, come here, come here. I love you. I forgive you. Is dad still alive? I mean, yeah. that that is that's a character yeah. that is rooted in in God. And and he and even in that, his response could have been, you know, revenge and throw the haymaker to his brothers and all this. Yeah. But instead, because he believed with confidence that God was with him, yeah. his response didn't match the circumstance. It matched where he believed God was at. Absolutely. And so where many of us get, I think, caught is not not in life being off balance, whether good or bad. It really has to do with what do we believe God is doing? Where do we believe God is um, during and during our, our situation of change? And mm-hmm. Hebrews, um, Hebrews 13, 5... Mm-hmm. One of the one of the verses. Uh, it's a quintuple negative in the Greek. <laughs> I just say quintuple again. Quintuple. quintuple. Um, it says this in in verse five. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Yeah. So English doesn't really. Tra- it doesn't. English says does it partially well, but it's actually like never will I ever never ever never no not ever. Yeah, will I leave you or forsake you? It's like emphatic. Yeah, there's there's that God no will chance. Ne- yes, yes, yeah. and so, um, so just just that that thought of mm-hmm. God is with me. Yeah. God's here right now. Whether I'm in the prison, I've been falsely accused, I've been sold into slavery, all of that kind of stuff. The circumstance doesn't mean isn't a sign of God's with me or not. And I, and I think this is where we, we don't really get this super well in, in, in our faith because we think that if God is with us, then our circumstance is going to match. 
But that, our that is that is one of the oldest lies. Yeah, yeah, it it, it's so it's easily. a complete disregard for when Jesus said, "You will have trouble in this world." Yeah, and it's it's because we live in a sin filled world, and the the hard part about that is you can you can live a completely righteous life and you're still surrounded by sin. Yeah, it, it it's sometimes other people's sin. Yeah, is what impacts you. You know, I'm not. Uh, I want to be. You know, sensitive to this, but I mean, think think about a drunk driver that hits a close friend of yours. Yep, your friend could be the best person in the world, but that person's drunkenness, yeah, affected. You know, and you know, one one of the things that as, as you were talking talking about Joseph that that popped in my mind is when when Jesus talked about the capstone that the builders rejected, mm-hmm. and the concept that you really get through through that bit is that we we really only get two options when it comes to our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. He's either God or he's not. Mm-hmm. And and the the concept that you get is if you fall on that capstone, if you fall on the stone, you will be broken. Mm-hmm. Or that stone will fall on you and you'll be crushed. Those those are the two options. And the breaking process in our life, the change, the the uh, uh, loss of things that sometimes we really care about, that breaking process is painful. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason bricks are shaped the way they are. Hmm. Because when you've got flat surfaces, when you've got usable materials, and God has to clear away the rough edges, and that refining process is, is painful. Mm-hmm. I mean... We we get we get what is it thirteen chapters or so of mm-hmm. Joseph. Mm-hmm. He had years of really rotten circumstances, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, it, 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 uh, I, I think we've all got siblings. I love my sister to death. I would not sell her into slavery. Mm-hmm. There were times I had thought, man, I wish I could just get rid of you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've never really wanted physical harm to come to my sister. Mm-hmm. To get to a place to where you hate your sibling so much, just, just sell this kid. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of this guy, you know. That's rough to begin with, you know, and the outright betrayal he probably felt yeah. for the entire caravan ride down to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And then being sold like a slave, mm-hmm. and then you know elevated to a pretty good, pretty good gig yeah. with with Potiphar. You know, I mean, he he was in command of the house. The only thing he was told, hey, don't touch the wife. Hey, not a problem. This is a sweet gig. And then hell hath no uh, fury like a scorned woman. Yeah. He says, nope, not doing that, and gets thrown in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had a pretty good mm-hmm. pretty good situation there, and then he did the right thing and got thrown in prison. Those are the refining moments in Joseph's life, and that I, I guarantee you that was painful for him. Yeah, and one one of my absolute favorite, I think I think it's in Micah that talks how God sits as a smith refining silver. Mm-hmm. He burns away the dross. He he burns that out. And the way the silversmith knows that it's ready is when he can see his reflection in it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture for yeah. for our life because when we go, God, why did you do this to me? 
that's that's a mindset that I think shows. I I I don't know if immaturity is the right word, well, but but a little bit of an ignorance. Why did God let this happen for me? Yeah. What is God trying to refine in my life? What rough edges is He getting rid of so I can be useful for building His kingdom? Well, well what is my perspective as I'm as that's happening too? Absolutely. Am I, am I humble? Am I in humility and self awareness, realizing this is st- stinks, but it's the best thing for me? Yeah. Like go back to Hebrews: a father that loves his children disciplines. disciplines that's his, how you yeah. know you're a child. Well, I think I think that has uh, if you if you take this out from a, a broader if you kind of take our conversation uh, and and you kind of overlay it broadly, um, where so much of following Jesus, especially in a postmodern culture, yeah, we arrive at assumptions mostly through experience or other people's experience, mm-hmm. not really through the not really through a biblical explanation of who God is. Yeah. Eli preached on this in our Explore God series where it's yes, like did. we create a caricature of God. Yeah. Not using God's own ex- own words about himself and who he is. And yeah. so you end up finding most of the conversation that social characters in our in our world or or in our culture today, the way they talk about God is so well, he's a higher po- we even hear the titles higher yeah. power or my spiritual life or any number of things where it's like, well, this is how mine works. And really what it is, Chesterton says that if you are talking about the God within, you can just look in the mirror. You're the God within, yeah. right? Yeah. And we end up creating, and, and and we can do this in Christianity sometimes where we create a God that is, um, if, if he's near, then your circumstances are good. Yeah. And that's not true. That's not necessarily true. That that he's always near. That's an absolute. If I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm in Christ, God is always near, mm-hmm. no matter the circumstance. Correct. No matter what happens. There's Romans eight twenty eight, which is like he he works for the good of those who love him in all circumstances. Yeah. And in all seasons and in all things. And so it, it takes a little bit of us to go. I'm learning something, even no matter how long we've been in it. Today, I'm learning something new about how God actually works. Yeah. And it's breaking down an expectation or a belief that I had for a long time, mm-hmm. which is like you said, I, I'm realizing that my house was built on sand, yeah. on some faulty or, or um, maybe an incomplete view yeah of how God actually works. And I, my perception is being, I think that's what discipleship is at the end yeah. of the day. It's, it is, I thought God, it's, you, you can see Peter and yeah. James and John constantly like, I thought God worked like this. Yeah. And yet you're showing me a different thing here, Jesus. Oh, yeah. And so my mind is being changed about how God actually works that in a postmodern world, God's not just, Whatever you think he works like, it is no God actually works in specific ways, mm-hmm. and not for us to define by ourselves, but for us to learn from His Word and learn from yeah. His Spirit. This is how God interacts with us. Well, and that—that's the reason it's so critically important for the follower of Christ to be diligent about studying the Bible, Just getting it because yeah. he he gave us he gave us this wonderful gift in the Scriptures. 
of this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is what the world wants me to be, but this is who I really am. And if we, if we don't get a clear picture of who he is in the Bible from the Bible, yeah, we run the risk of creating a caricature. And, yeah. and the real danger on that is what happens when God agrees with every thought I have? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's that's not a comfortable place. And I think I think that's a real danger mm-hmm. of having that mindset, oh, well, I don't need to study the Bible. God knows my heart. Well, the Bible says that the heart's deceitful. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, it's one or the other. Right. Is, is God who he said he is or is he not? And yeah. if he is, then I necessarily have to approach that relationship I've got with him the way he lays out in scriptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. That um, th- I mean, there's there's a there's a ton more to, you know, you know, thinking about the seasons of change, our perception yeah. of God, His proximity and closeness, and and if He is with us, that should actually be the most important thing about us. Absolutely. If God is, if God is with us, oh, this is the other thing we we said. Um, Matthew one says, you know, Jesus is called Emmanuel, God mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. You know, uh, in the Great Commission, the last thing Jesus says. He says, "Go." I am with you. I am with you of, to the end of the yeah. age, which is remarkable. It is. I the one thing that I forget maybe more than anything is that God is with me. Yeah, and yeah. So I don't know. I, well, and that's that. That's the reason he said, you know, hey, you know, I, <laughs> d- disciples, I know that you love having me here, but it's to your advantage that I leave mm-hmm. yeah. because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I can I can be in one place at one time. Yeah, even even though he's God, you know, he could have done whatever he wanted, but you know, in the confines of being fully God and fully human, mm-hmm. I, I can be in one place at one time. Yeah, but if I send the Holy Spirit. He's in every single one of you that follow me. Yeah. 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 I'm never alone. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you realize what you are a lot of time, when you look in the mirror, oh gosh. Uh, yeah. But it is still a, yeah. The, God, why do you love me? I am nothing but depravity and sin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, yeah. I, like. I'm I'm still dealing with the old man. What is this? But you're trying. You're you know. you're burning out the dross so that I might reflect you. I like that you you brought that up. I think that's that's cool. It's one of my favorite pictures that we get from Scripture of of the relationship we have with God. Because here's the thing, God's a jewelry maker. He's doing wonderful things with that silver. That silver's got to be purified before anybody's going to be able to really use it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's junk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's a good conversation. Thanks, thanks for being on here. My Robert. pleasure. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again. It'd appreciate be fun. You, appreciate you sharing your your insights as well as your life and teaching us a little bit about uh, everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Your <laughs> your uh, rainophile and uh, Irelandophile. Ibernophile and pluviophile. <clears throat> but sure. <laughs> We've got cinephiles, rainophile. No, not Rain of File. That's your version. <laughs> that, that's his version. <laughs> now I'm gotcha. getting all twisted up. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we're going to have to have more conversations like this because this is good. This was a good uh, Been fun. dive in. 
So, yeah. Sweet. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you.